What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Hello, How Are You Today? I'm your host, Mitch Corbett, and welcome to this podcast of mine. Uh, today, we have a, a great guest, uh, Dylan Moondog Dylan Davis. So a little background, Moondog, is that we actually got to share a locker room when I was wrestling in Newfoundland for uh, New Evolution Wrestling. Uh, check them out on all their YouTubes and everything. Great promotion, very unique set of characters down there in uh, Newfoundland. Um, and this is a bit different because uh, we kind of uh, do like a, a shoot interview and for those that don't understand what a shoot interview in wrestling terms shoot is a real interview instead of being a character or anything uh it's more of a realistic uh interpretation of what's happening so we kind of talk about his time in uh, new some of the uh pluses and minuses of wrestling in newfoundland and that scene there um and uh it's a it's a fun conversation we talk about his uh train regime a little bit uh, uh, his bat, how he got into wrestling, and uh, what he expects for it going forward. So, we're gonna get right to the interview now and uh, talk to what uh, Moondog Dylan Davis. All right, I'm here with Dynamite Dylan Davis of Newfoundland Professional Wrestling. Uh, he's jacked. Uh, to the fins, to the gills, I don't know what you want to call it, but Dylan, welcome to the show. Welcome to Hello, how are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, man? Good. It's long, been a long time since I've seen you. How, like, how's, how's Newfoundland treating you? Or, sorry, I should, say, I should have said, what are you at, my son? <laughs> this is it, my son. Not much at all. No, uh, let's go back for a second. He said Dynamite Dylan Davis. Just to say, that's my formerly known as Dynamite Dylan Davis, but now... It's the moon dog. It's a new thing I'm doing. So it's like a newer, new, newer, you know, it's a, a newer a gimmick, but a realer version of me that I'm going to present to the fans. But to dive back into the whole, whole question of how is Newfoundland? It's been, it's been a, a crazy year, year and a few months for sure. Um, I moved back in, in, in March. Um, with the intention to, to you know, just be a few months until COVID blew over. It didn't blow over. So um, I started working on a boat for a year um, at the end of the season. So it didn't really work out. So um, I've been just sort of like taking it easy here now, just working out and stuff, um, watching matches, always like, you know, takes, uh, reaching out all across Canada to, to um, so once everything is um, open again, I have, spots to go because uh as you and many know right now there's not much work right here for me right now in newfoundland um which is okay um with me not here it gives more space to the newer guys because to be honest uh what i seek now is the the best wrestlers in canada you know to push me up to the next level so in a nutshell newfoundland has been great to me it's been an eye-opening year and i'm looking forward to Moving past uh, Newfoundland again to see what's going to have meet in the future. Yeah, we'll get to uh, the whole. Uh, I did post on Facebook that you're getting my first shoot interview, so we'll get to all that controversy oh, yeah. stuff about the Newfoundland wrestling scene. Uh, now you mentioned the Moondog gimmick. Now is that that's an tribute to um, um, what's the wrestler's name? The Sailor White. And Sailor, Sailor White. Moondog King. He was known as. Um, yeah. So. You know, when uh, uh, COVID sort of shut everything down, um, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to uh, change up what I was doing. I was fine with what I was doing. I was having fun. It was, it was, it was good, but I didn't feel like I was giving it my all. So, um, and looking back too, I, I didn't feel like Sailor White was given the proper respect or like his name wasn't uh brought up enough and you know so <clears throat> i figured a simple name change tossed on a pair of jeans and whatnot uh you could show some respect uh to a man who who brought wrestling to newfoundland without him there'd be no dylan davis there'd be no uh you know there'd be no uh bulldog brand hines there's no no lock gears no you know all these guys who are here local guys who've been here for a while doing their thing um these guys would not be here. And I feel like uh, his name is like sort of forgotten a little bit. So again, it's just my, my uh, new twist on an old school classic to show some respect to the Moondog name and the name that brought wrestling 
Toothland. All right. I when you say Moon Dog, uh, I just imagine you like doing some like Sailor Moon sort of gimmick with the moon <laughs> spear, <laughs> carry a moon spear to the ring. Yeah, I, I will vanquish you. Ha <laughs> 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 You know. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Sailor White. Um, so kind of give us a backstory of him and his influence in Newfoundland. Cause like, I've only heard when I was living in Newfoundland, when I was working in Newfoundland, I only heard stories of this guy and all of them were so over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, kind of so... give me a little bit of backstory of Sailor Way and why, like you kind of mentioned why you want to pay homage to him, but like maybe share a Sailor, uh, your own personal Sailor White story. So, um, if you heard a story about him and it sounds like, like, crazy is definitely true um you know i came into the local scene when i was like 13 31 now so sailor wasn't really involved heavily in the scene when i was around um my first memory of him uh, i believe was I, I was 10 years old uh at a show here in a town called the ghouls <laughs> at a high school and me and my dad were there and i walk in and the show starts and it's it's it's, 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 it's guys in homemade masks and just crazy, you know, guys who, who look like guys that would be walking down, down the like street. And I'm like, this is crazy. These guys are all, you know, cause for me as a kid, I watched wrestling and wrestling on like, you know, guys who were jacked. Nice seen guys who were here locally fighting. It was cool. So the main event, it was uh sailor white versus Vince Austin. And the whole time they're fighting, uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but, uh, is it white zombie or something? They're really like it's, it's like metal group of playing the whole time. They're fighting outside and stuff. And they fought out in the snow, and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Um, so fast forward years later, I was a ref for Atomic Wrestling Entertainment, another local spot here. Um, Sailor White was just there at, at the show. Uh, it's also in the Google's too, not the same spot, but same town. Um, and he walked in and he told me, <laughs> he told me I was too small, but then he like laughed and walked away. And that was my, the, <laughs> that was the last like word I heard from him. But, um, you know, he's, uh, he's been around the world, like back in the day, he, he was the, the only like Newfoundlander that's ever traveled and, and, you know, made great like, money doing this. Not only that, but he was the former WWF tag team champion, uh, something happened with that so he sort of like lost that um but he made it there right um so you know back then through like hard times or whatever he moved home again and he opened up like a a, a training school up in shit heights <laughs> you know so he would train locals and he would run his own shows and they would drop no one there at all but still they would have uh, they, like they would have a spot to go and work and learn how to work which is how wrestling sort of evolved here and sort of how it works now as well. So um, his um, influence on sort of taking a local, like local kid with a dream and throwing him right into the fire is, is still something that's used now today. And not so, always the best idea either, <laughs> but no, you know, that's, hey, hey. that's the way it goes yeah. sometimes. It's all about perspective. So if they're ready for it, it's awesome. If they're not, I hate to say it, but it weeds them out. Like, all the yeah, old guys say, how, 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 many time, how many people have you seen got weaned out because they were thrown into the fire and just gotten their shit kicked out of them? Just like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to hit you with 50 chops and then pin. Uh. Oh, yeah. It's a few. A few of them, yeah. I feel, I feel like the, the idea of it is great, but once they feel it, it's like, oh, oh shit. You know, so. Um, but, you know, um, I feel like his um, influence, you know, it's still here uh, today, even though earlier I said like his name's not mentioned. I feel like the the concept of of a local kid here can do this is something that um, I think is, is pretty uh, sweet because it's Newfoundland. You wouldn't think to be a spot here to learn how to wrestle. It's not the the most ideal way to learn. And if I had my time back, I would have taken more steps to get better by people who are more. Uh, credible but again i wouldn't change a thing because it's who i am now today so it's all private right so in speaking of that like we talked 
just now about how like you know your if your first match is being thrown for wolves it'll kind of like wean you out and not want to do it again and like now get me don't get me wrong like when you train like when you get into wrestling like when you start you're supposed to get beat up a little bit because they want to prove that you uh actually want it sort of thing um what we talked about was you know taking advantage of someone in a ring <laughs> which is something that happens far too often i find in uh, these smaller markets, if you will. Um, yeah. Now, that being said, um, has like opening a school ever crossed your mind in terms of like training kids? Because you are you are one of the few that have traveled and you are in shape and you have that experience. I mean, I've seen some of the guys that you've worked with um, through uh, matches uh, on the East Coast or in Ontario. And it's like, man, you're working with these top guys because you are a top guy. So like, I feel like that experience should be... Um, shared with the young wrestlers uh, male or female that want to try and get into it especially in newfoundland yeah so like when i moved home i i this idea gung-ho was to to get a ring find a spot train and then and which is now the latter idea is to open up a new uh company which is gonna we'll I'm sure we'll, we'll touch more on that later on but the whole plan was to come home when i moved away four and a half Years ago, five, well, four and a half years ago, yeah, four and a half years ago, um, the whole plan was to move away, get really, really good, come home and open a school so kids like me can learn the right way to chase this whole dream of pro wrestling and do it right and not be misled like I did over the last uh, 13 years. You know what I mean? So, um, which sort of ties into the whole reason why I'm not wrestling here a little bit. So, I moved home. There was a ring here that that uh, the person who has it doesn't own. It. Okay, so, wait, wait, let's 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 tell me more about the school idea you want to do, and then I'll I'll, I'll elaborate okay. on it. Okay. <laughs> so I, I the whole plan, like, and it's still a plan. It's still in the works. It's just everything right now, of course, with with that COVID is like on hold. So uh, I wanted to get a ring, start a school, so I, I can train people. You know who are already working now here or who want to learn how to work and wrestle, but not myself because I don't have enough um, experience myself to train someone to be a pro wrestler. So my idea was to, well, having shows myself to bring in a certain name or who has a certain like background that can show everyone every aspect of like wrestling. So bringing someone one time that's strong on like, uh, wrestling or promos or just every concept of what it is to be a pro wrestler, not just moves, not just, you know, hitting someone hard. It's, it's an art form that needs to be taught a certain way, I feel. And there's never been a spot here quite like that where you can go train uh, whatever you want, pay a fee, there's a ring there, there's a whole gym there too and stuff. You just go and just be better. So in, in, to kind of elaborate on that, I mean, like, how long have you been wrestling for? Uh, my first match, uh, 2006. But so, I mean, like, when you say you don't have the experience, you have plenty of experience. And, like, personally, like, with my experience with my trainer, Tiberius King, like, he had all these years, but he learned more about wrestling while he was training others, even though he didn't know how to, I guess, he knew how to train people, but he was learning as he went. So, like, your idea of saying like, oh, I'm not ready to train people is asinine because like you're going to learn real quick how to, and like you, <laughs> you go from bumps and you go from chain and you go from everything else. I mean, like it's, it's not rocket science. In yeah. sense. I mean, I, I think- love wrestling. It's very difficult to do on the body, but in terms of like, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it is relatively kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to even say easy. I'm going to stop my sentence there because I don't want to sound like an asshole. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Like, it's like once, like, if you love it and you want to get into it, it's it's easy to like kind of like just do it sort of thing, in my opinion. Um, so like you want to start a school, but have you looked at like, I know you want a wrestling ring, but have you looked at like um, boxing rings or jujitsu clubs and just doing mat-based stuff to start? Like a, like a dungeon style sort of thing? Um- that was the, the idea as well, too, as first, because I know, like, one of the things I always learn from uh, people, I always, like, ask everything. One of the things I was always taught was it's best to learn on, 
without ropes first because people tend to always want to hit the ropes and do the cool shit without learning the basics. So for me, I don't really need a ring per se. I just need a space, um, you know, to go and train. But again, with the, the world right now with COVID, everyone's very like touchy on like using certain spots. So until the world's more uh, opened up, then we can open up to like those kind of things. And another thing too, it's, there's not enough interest that I can see right now here to make a training class um, feasible for me. It's just not enough. I don't know if that's lack of interest or lack of information or or whatnot, but I just don't have the, uh, I have no idea who would want to take part in that. Right. Right well, listen, I could go full mainlander on your ass and explain to you why Newfoundlanders don't want to train. But, you know, <laughs> you I mean, I'm going to be professional here and not go full meal <laughs> like I would in the past. Uh, so, so let's get so let's get to it. Uh, you so you, you I invite you to be on this podcast because I want to talk, talk to you about your career because you've done a lot throughout it um but you want to talk about something else and you mentioned how uh you want to do school and that there was a ring and then that ring uh allegedly or mysteriously uh went away or disappeared the floor is yours dylan (laughs) okay to explain to elaborate what happened so uh just for our listeners uh dylan wanted to start a school and he wanted to start a wrestling promotion um there's only one promotion in newfoundland right now uh, new evolution wrestling um and dylan's going to tell a story about his uh i guess ups and downs or heat with new evolution wrestling and then okay. you know i'm probably going to get an angry message from the the owner and promoter of that promotion and if he would like to come on the podcast and explain his side we might as well do that as well it's okay. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not gonna say anything that's not that's not true. So I'm not gonna totally like, bury the guy either, because that's not what I'm all about. And there's no heat on my part. I just I think I, that bridge has burned. I've crossed it. It's gone. I'm done. And it's on the better thing. So just because the reason for this is because I've been hearing through the grapevine that he's been saying things that you know are embellished or not true about myself, and it's like well. I mean, if he's going to go about that kind of way, then if I can at least uh, uh, address things like this for the public to see it and even address the things I did wrong, then it shows that I'm not here to to uh, play the burial game. I'm just here to do some cool shit. <laughs> so, you, know, you know, you're just here to play the game. <laughs> I'm right here, man. Um, <laughs> Only so, wrestling fans will get that reference. <laughs> yeah, the wrestling but, um, okay, so there's a ring here. It's a cutting-edge wrestling ring that um, was built, I believe, 2015-ish, maybe, you know, around there. Uh, it was a collective. So a number of people threw in some money. It was a whole thing, and it was made. Things fell through because it's local wrestling, and there was some kind of dispute. I don't know the full thing. I wasn't around for that. But the ring ended up in possession of, uh, it was, I believe, um, long story short, it ended up in the possession of Travis, who has it now. So um, I came back and found out the ring, who, who owns the ring. It wasn't Travis. It was uh, Chris Carter and uh, Dan Goss. They own the ring. Um, but it was first being stored somewhere else, didn't store it somewhere else and then Travis went and got it when he heard that we wanted it so um you know when I found out that so first first to like go back a little bit first is when I came back when I tried to get the ring first it was myself and Scott we were the ones that were trying to get a ring just for the reason to open up a spot to 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 like go to train not to have shows right so uh (laughs) so once we asked about it uh you know guys on the roster um you know you know tony king said he didn't trust me he didn't trust me he, uh and i was up to no good now hold on. I so to- i want i want to pause there because i want to i feel it's important to like stop you there because there is a lack of trust with you with this newfoundland scene because of something that happened prior do you want me to go, go into that and this, first i'll 
I'll say that too. That's 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 part of the whole like saying what I did wrong to as well. So I'll go into that too. Um, but like Tony said, he didn't uh, trust me, trust me. And as far as I was concerned, me and Tony had got along great because we just had a, a match months prior. And even though me and him had ups and downs, we all we, we were fine. I thought so. To say that it was to me, it was kind of weird. And then uh, the rumor didn't. Uh, the ru- rumor was that Dan Yorkdahl, former owner of LCW, was the new guy behind it all. He was going to come back and make a bigger return, which wasn't true. We just went on the ring to train, which then turned into I went to the ring for my shows and my company. I say mine's um, myself and Mike Barrington. We're uh, currently working on our new company. We'll go on. Uh, that big after. game, Mike. I like him. He's awesome. He's <laughs> great dude. But um, so we try to get the ring. No dice. No dice. No dice. So I contact the owners. I say, listen, um, here's the deal. Can we get the ring and then work out a deal after? Because two of the owners don't live here. They're other profits. So the plan was to go and for us to go get the ring and like, you know, take it then pay them for it. And it came time to go and get it. And guess what? The ring is, can't find it. Not already found. Can't find it. <laughs> Rumor has it that uh, uh, I was trying to steal the ring, apparently, um, which is quite the, the task because, I mean, the wrestling ring. So he was telling everyone that. Um, and when I say everyone, I mean, everyone, fans, uh, he reached out to a promoter in the uh, in, the, in in the Maritimes who, who I work with very well um, to try and <laughs> start a conversation to bury me and sort of take away work that I worked hard to get by saying things like, "Oh, at least you don't have people trying to trying to uh, acquire your property illegally and and whatnot." So he he really took what I was trying to do, took it personally, and and really tried to like. Fuck me over, sorry, like, you know, lack of a, uh, you know, worst term or whatever, but there was that. So that was the whole ring thing there, the whole, like, start of, like, me not, me of the heat of why I'm not here, right? Or why I'm not resting here, sorry. Um, trying to think, should I go back to the belt stuff first from, like, last year? Yeah, so essentially what we're talking about right now is, to recap, is that you had made an offer to purchase a ring and yeah. you're saying that Travis stole it before the purchase could be made. And he's trying to, uh, um, uh, he's trying to kind of like um, take your stock down or trick your um, talk crap about you. So people don't give yes. you work sort of thing. Right. Yeah. And this, so- and this is all in line with um, before I started working for NEW, I didn't know you or anything. And then you came back and, there was tension there, and I was like, oh, he seems like a nice guy. I don't know what the fuck that was, sort of thing. But apparently there was a whole issue where I guess you 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 left the promotion on uh, bad terms. And even when you came back, you made an apology in front of everyone. And even then, still, people are just, are they're weird in some ways and that they don't for, for, forgive, which is, yeah. I don't know what that is, but it's a thing. But anyways, go on. Yeah, so... This start off with I'll go back to so I'll come back to the current stuff and go back to that uh, the whole start of like the I guess the initial heat with me and the company. Um, so with I, when you I ended belt, you ended Psycho Mitch's career. That was that what happened. Is like that's why everyone turned on you. I think so. You, you, <laughs> just, you buried that big ass redhead, the mother. This is one of my favorite matches ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so when I won the belt first years ago, before I moved away. Um, you know, Travis was great. Like me and him got along very well. He took care of me. Uh, you know, so because you know, I think I was a a, a kind of a, a help in bringing people over from LCW. Like I think that gap between that company and and, and I was a, really a help in <laughs> telling Dan that guess what, we're gonna work for this new new show because I believe it's something good. So there was me and him had that bond since day one. You know. Um, so I believe in, in what he, I believe in his whole vision since day one, you know? Um, so before I, I moved away, he, him and Sheldon, his, uh, uh partner, uh, brought me out to the keg for a steak and stuff. We had a meeting just, you know, and, you know, we made a deal was that 
when I I would come back for shows, they'd pay half the flight. The other half I would cover back with selling things for the show. So every show I would sell more than enough to cover half the flight, and I would say keep it. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, lost the belt, all good. But I still came back, and and they, they still took care of me. Like they, I was like no one's got given me an opportunity like they did. So this is why I worked so hard to maintain that and, and hold on to it. Um, you know, and even some, like many don't know, wrestling is a hard time, um, mentally, financially. And there was moments when Travis was there for me, when I needed someone to rent to, cry to, or when I didn't have money in, in my account for food, he would send me money. Like that, like it wasn't a lot, but it was here or there. Was, here's, you know, 20 bucks. And he would always help me out. And on this things, I'll never, like, never, um, like, be like, you know, that's things I'll ever always keep in my mind because he's a great dude. We just don't see eye to eye right now. So, <clears throat> kept coming in. Then it came time to win the, the, then it came time to get the belt back and, you know, have it again. So I said, Travis, it's all cool, uh, but I don't want to have to pay anymore to come in and hold a belt because this is when I was getting busy. I was doing shows in uh, Quebec for NSPW. I was doing some shows, um, you know, everywhere else as well, like busy. So I didn't want to have to pay almost to hold a belt in my hometown. It was a big thing. I, I just didn't want to, I, I didn't, I was cool with like not coming back. Didn't, didn't essentially you didn't want to lose money for something that you love. Yeah. I didn't want to pay be a champion, you know? So um, it was a big thing. I'm back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I finally came to a deal where he said, okay, fine. No worry. We'll, Cover the cover the Floyd and I, and but like I I I would still sell things for the show. I would still do that and give him money. So that was good. It was great. A few shows, a few shows went on. It was great. No problems. No problems. Um, working great together. I was doing. I was I was getting like interviews with CBC to put his shows over. I was doing promos wherever I could to get get his show out there. So I was doing my part. At least I felt. Um, and then. <laughs> My match with Mitch. Uh, Psycho Mitch. Psycho Mitch, my favorite. He's, he's a man. Um, <laughs> I, I love, just a side note, like, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I'm friends with Travis and I'm friends with Bull. I'm friends with all these guys. And, like, right now we're in the middle of the uh, NHL hockey playoffs. And, like, Travis and Brendan are going back and forth. And Mitch is just like, you guys are ass, ass or uh, batshit crazy. Like, you guys talk way too much about hockey. And it makes my day every single time I see <laughs> Mitch just call everyone. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's always good. Like, Mitch is always great with those comments. They're always like, I always laugh so much. <laughs> like, he's so good. And you know what? I feel like I feel like the, the main go to in terms of trying to insult Mitch is that he, uh, he loves Dragon Ball Z. So they talk uh, ill about Dragon Ball Z or whatnot. And it's like, I don't know. Have you seen Dragon Ball Z? That shit's dope as hell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. maybe hold off on the Dragon Ball Z negativity yeah. here. Okay. That right. show is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So to go back to it, uh, this match with, with Mitch, we do the first ever Monsters Ball in the history of Newfoundland wrestling. We go to go crazy, be thumbtacks and everything. And then, uh, you know, I get backstage and there's this vibe. I'm looking over at Travis. He looks nervous. I'm looking over at Sheldon. He looks determined. Like something's gonna happen. You know? Sheldon, we gotta talk. Okay. Shoot fight. Uh. Yeah, right. So they they haul me in one of the side offices at the armory. And then Sheldon hands me like a, a piece of paper with uh like numbers on it. Like money, like you know, amounts. This is what you owe us for the last show, it's for this show. So we're and I was like, <laughs> he's like so we're gonna take we're going to take this much of your PO towards the flight, and here's your money. Open it. I'm like, so I owe you this much to, to hold this for you. Well, I just did all of that. You're paying me this. I'm still in debt to hold this. And, I was, and I'm, I'm still picking thumbtacks out of my fucking back. I'm, I'm like, I just came back 10 years prior from a man that matched with Mitch. Where I we we didn't talk yet, and he was bleeding. I didn't get a chance. Like I was fired up, man. and I was like, I was like, I'm getting changed. I, like what the fuck? I, I just like, I was like, okay, cool, no problem. And I said, this is probably my last show as 
your main champ. Next show, I want to drop this belt to Scotty. I'm done. You know, whatever. Um, no, 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 no. I said, no, I'm, I'm done. Done. Whatever. Boom, boom. I go in. I get changed quick. I'm fucking pissed off. And everyone goes to, to uh, Tony's house after the shows to watch the show and hang out. And, you know. So I get there. And the vibe is pretty fucking strong now you know it's oh dude i was i was there i was at don's house when the vibe was strong when you and lock were jarring at each other so i mean i can only imagine what it'd be like (laughs) during this so but now now this meeting between me Travis, and Sheldon didn't happen in front of any of the boys it was very like hush hush so no one at the house knew what's going on except me Travis, Sheldon. so they Bro, come on. on, you can't you can't say that no one knew. Fucking to my knowledge. It's Newfoundland. Right. Everyone fucking talks shit. <laughs> it's like, it it's like a, I was there for yeah. two years. I know how this game is played. <laughs> exactly. So they corner me in the kitchen. They say, Hey man, let's talk. And I'm like, no, I I, I, I I was talking, I was responding, but it wasn't getting anywhere. They were it was a tiptoeing around the fact and back to more or less, it was they had the upper hand. And it, to me, I would just, you know, admittedly, it was definitely an ego, a bit of my ego there showing. And I definitely could handle that better in response. But again, hindsight's always 2020. I, I, I tend to, I try to learn from those certain things that I've done in the past, like where I was hot headed with an ego. So um, I just said, that, look, next show, my last show, I told you earlier, I'm done. Is it? Thank you, done. I uh, flew, I was, flew back to Halifax next next morning. Um, you know, cold days passed, and me and Travis text back and forth. It got a little heated, and uh, and that is when I, I I said to him like, "Keep your fucking belt." It, uh, I didn't know the exact words, but here's <laughs> to be rude. Keep your fucking belt. I'm not coming back. Like you know, um, I had the whole text all there still. I can find it, but it's a long thing. So that was more or less the whole thing of it. Um, and again wrestling you know the big no-no to not drop the belt and do good business so and i okay, knew so better like, wait here let's let's flip that okay yes i know that's a thing but like when they're charging when you they say that you owe money to them and you know like there's there has to be a mutual exactly sort of thing like i mean yes. infamously there's a whole thing about tessa blanchard who is the impact wrestling champion and she refused to drop the belt that that is bad because she yeah. was in another country and it's the pandemic and she, I, I'm, I'm not going to even comment on it, but like, you know, I, what in my, what, in my opinion, what she did was, a, in this case, they're saying you owe us money and you got to come drop belts. And then they're probably going to say that you owe more money to them sort of thing. So it kind of seems like, so, why am I going to pay more money to lose a belt? It, so yeah, it, these things happen, but it wasn't. Yeah. I feel like that's a nice way to kind of like, so that's the situation that happened there. You move on and you want to, you come back. All things are forgiven. There's still some tension there. Um, you want to create a school so you can better the scene in wrestling. And you want to start a promotion because you want to give more places for the boys to work, which is, you know, should be all more beneficial for, you know, the wrestling scene in Newfoundland, which is already a very small scene. Yes. That all goes to shit. And now we're left here with you talking to me on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> doing my first shoot interview. So how yeah. do you, how do you repair that relationship, or how do you stay in Newfoundland knowing that you can't work there? Like, is the goal to still push forward and try and get a school going, or is the idea to you know cut your losses and go back to Halifax or maybe in Toronto and just like start fresh? So. Um... The goal was to always open up something here that gives future kids an, a, a chance to do this, like earlier, like and but do it right, you know. So um, right now the plan, you know, is to open up my own company, myself and Mike Barrington. Uh, right now, I actually met with him yesterday about venues and stuff, and we got some great stuff in in the works. Um, talking about like talent that we're gonna have. Um, there'll be some new faces here, like brand new faces that that um, and that, that new faces with a style that new fans not really had a chance to see much of. Uh, now, mind you, Travis has brought in some great guys, PJ Black and like Danny Warren and stuff, and great guys who can work. Josh Alexander, for example, like great guys. That's the talent 
that's the like level I want here. I, I want guys to push our guys to get better. Because that's how I learned by leaving here and, and again, again, tossed into the fire against the Marco Estrada, Stu uh, uh, Grayson, Elgin, uh, you know, I go on and on. It's just, I've been blessed to be able to be tossed into the fire, which is why uh, I want to be able to get, sort of give, bring that opportunity here. Cause I know, you know, to leave home is a huge step. It took me years to actually do it. You know, one of my biggest things is I wish I left sooner. So if I can bring that product here, sort of get their foot in the door. So when they leave here, they don't have to go through the steps that I did to get to certain spots. You know what I mean? So sort of uh, the plan is to do that. Um, so new company, me and Mike, um, we're hoping for like, we're shooting for November is our like, certain date you have up in the air. Oh, you shouldn't right put now. a date, you know, with all the things going on, they're going to try and sabotage. <laughs> no! Pick it, pick it starts no. <laughs> well, Mike, Mike already put a little vague thing up in his status about November, so it's already out there, brother. It's already out <laughs> in the dirt teach, brother. Um, and again, you know, just to take a small little side over here, I'm not doing this to compete with what he's doing with, with uh, uh, Travis. So I'm not here to, like, hurt his company or or take him out, you know, I will gladly create opportunities for his guys as well. It's, it's not about, I got him the haha, take that. It's about my vision, Mike's vision. Well, we want to do here, what we can do here, what can be done here. It's not about, I'm going to show him. It's not a pissing contest. It's a passion. It's something I feel for that I've been, I've been doing here half my life, you know, like, Travis, I've uh, seen in an interview, says he's been involved in this scene for 20 years. That's complete bullshit. He's, I came around in 2006. I started wrestling in 2008. Okay. When I was a kid, 13, the only time I seen Travis was on the alumni page for cutting edge wrestling as a manager named Chili with his bleach blonde hair, looking just like Kurt Cobain. Is that why, how, why everyone calls him Chili? I always never. Yeah. Yeah, so, I never knew that he was a manager had before. I his, just his was watching. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Travis, but you know, at least I learned wrong. something so, today. <laughs> he's, he's, he's home now, stewing. I, I can feel him stewing through, through my phone right now. Uh, sorry, Travis. But, anyways, so then that's when I was 13. I didn't see Travis again until 2012. Well, I didn't notice him until 2012 when he was front row at a LCW show at Bar, or sorry, Club One, when him and Buck would go home and do um, interview, like, what's it called? Reviews on the shows. And then again, I didn't see him till 2015 when he bought a ring off Steve Clark. You know? So, how is that 20 years? How are you involved with 20 years? Uh, Dylan, he was a fan before he got involved. Okay. That counts. Okay. Yeah. I don't, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, me personally, but, uh, I've been involved with wrestling since I was five. So, you know, I, <laughs> so I got yeah, like, I don't know, 32 years experience. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, I'm not trying to be like, like, I'm not going to dig too much. Oh, we're just busting this. Travis's balls right now. Right. I'm going to get gonna such a in. long fucking Facebook message. Right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend too much time. I'm not going to like dig in and, and like, you know, you know. They get him way too much. It's just, you know, the, the guy spent the last number of months uh, tossing my name in the dirt. And I've, I've sat back and I've, you know, I've tried back here and there. But for the most part, I've been pretty quiet. He's um, reached out to fans privately and, and offered to call them to explain why I'm not there. He's told people I'm trying to steal the ring. He's trying to hurt my work. Like, you know, at, at what point do I not chime back and say, fuck off? You know what I mean? Like, Going back to the whole thing with the ring, I simply sent him a message on Facebook. Hey, can you please call me about this ring? I want to get it back for Dan and Chris. An hour later, I'm going to call from RNC because I'm, I'm harassing. Apparently, I was harassing him, and I can't call him anymore about this ring. Like, this is <laughs> shit that I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like again, at what point do I just, like, you know, I was sitting home, and I was like, yeah, I really don't have to do this, or I, like, I shouldn't mention it or put any effort into this, but... I'm just here to show that I don't have any anger or heat towards him. I'm just like, man, just keep just, just move on. 
you know, you know what okay, I mean? let's like, let's move on from this part and let's move on and create more heat what do you think the current newfoundland wrestling scene is lacking in terms of uh effort from the other wrestling <laughs> just bury everyone <laughs> so you mean like as a whole um well i mean like because like i was there for two years and like i have my opinions on it um despite the fact that i really enjoy myself there um but yeah well i mean what are your thoughts on the scene right now because like they do sell out they sell out every single show and there are always hot crowds there which i love um but there is there does seem to be kind of like um uh, some sort of lack of, I don't know, passion, I want to say, maybe, between some of the wrestlers? Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time around the guys recently, so I don't know where their minds are. Um, you know, it's it's me. And too, I just so got me. myself never booked again, FYI, by saying that. <laughs> Join the club. We'll, get, we'll put on a T-shirt. Um, you know, so... I, I'm not going to, like, I don't want to, like, I love all the guys here. Like, you know, even the guys I don't really know because they're doing something that I respect. They're, you know, they're, <laughs> they're chasing a passion with very little, very little um, resources, you know? But like one of the things here that just lacking and it's been lacking for years is, is, is bottom line's effort. You know, it's, it, it's the, to, I think it's a mix of effort, effort and yeah, leadership. They don't like, have anyone to like kind of like steer the no, reins. There's no, there's no locker room leader. It's a free for all. It's a goddamn circus. It's a goddamn circus. And, yeah, and we could have we could have Buck come on the show and talk about how he's the locker oh, yeah. room leader. It's a goddamn <laughs> and circus. Now that happens, the goddamn circus. I, the, you know, I've <laughs> this. Yeah, it's complete chaos. Like I go to shows like. Uh, for example, oh, my favorite Smash Wrestling is the most organized oh, wrestling. Oh, Seb- Sebastian's, yeah. He's amazing. It's the most organized ever. It's like everything is just like, oh, boom. Come here. I'm like, what is going on? You know? Um, so, like, effort is a big thing that's back in here. Passion, you mentioned, too. Um, the guys here got the passion. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, what perspective do you believe in your passion? Like, what, what, how, how? How far are you going to chase that until you're satisfied? Because me, the part of me and why I don't stop, I'm always going on, is because I'm not, like, I want more. I'm not, uh, not, I want more out of what I'm doing, which is right now I'm not doing much. But, um, you know, passion, effort, um, guys here don't uh, give a shit. They, they, they don't, you know, they say brother, 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 but they only say brother, 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 because other guys who came in said brother, brother, brother. Um, you know, in my experience, what you talking I about, brother? Brother, brother, <laughs> brother, 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 brother. Um, you know, in my experience, the, the, this place is cutthroat, and it's not because there's big money at play. It's because people get jealous and butthurt when you don't get what they want. Like when they, they don't get a belt or or they don't get the match they want. It's it's very much a no picking order circus of complete utter chaos at times so i i will i will elaborate on your your chaos a little bit because like when i was wrestling there i was mainlander i was cutting promos i was getting the booze because people fucking hate me and i made the the wrong decision to speak up and say like i think i'm one of the most over heels and then they turned me a baby face for some fucking reason right. I, I do believe in my heart of hearts i do believe that it was just a, a way to say fuck you uh, you're not shit so we're gonna just take the entire character you've been working towards and like flip it and then it didn't work and then it's like you know fucking yeah it's like again i'm not trying to like shit on, on the guys here again this is my I own shoot people. podcast now god damn it this is a shoot shoot ah fuck. Oh, now we're all shooting <laughs> right but again pew, i don't pew. mean it very good <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh-huh. let's stop talking about negatively and everything like that. Let's move it on to a yeah. more positive thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna <laughs> cut it right there. Um, so you mentioned Smash Wrestling, wrestling, uh, Smash Wrestling, which is run by Sebastian Suave. Uh, I know your friends of Channing uh, Decker, who runs Greektown Wrestling. What are some of the lessons that you learned from those guys in terms of running a promotion, and how do you? What are some of the lessons that you want to learn that you've learned from them that you want to take into your own uh, sort of uh, venture? 
Sebastian Schwab uh, first. Um, the man is organized and he's always business. Um, and that's one thing I admire the most. Um, same thing with, with, uh, with that Channing, you know, but uh, I was able to drive with Sebastian to uh, Quebec for a show a number of years ago. And the whole time we just talked shop and this and that and everything. And he's just like smart dude. And he's, he's so willing to help. You know what I mean? Um, so like for him, it's, it's, I, I took like, or, I'd be um, organized. Um, always like, always, always like working and always trying to find the next big thing that, that can be something. Um, he's a down to earth guy too. He, he, he's good at what he does, but he's so down to earth and, and, and willing to offer anything he can to help. And, and that's one thing that I find very rare uh, <laughs> in wrestling is, is, is guys who are, at a certain level who are still willing to like have the guys who are way, you know, um, uh, Decker, he's, you know, same sort of thing, but a complete madman. <laughs> no, but, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Decker's crazy. And, and that's in the best way. Like he's, he's got a crazy passionate mind for the business. And, and it's like, I think that's the one thing they both have in, in that, in the comedy, that crazy intense passion that like a lot of guys don't understand and don't understand why the mind works the way it does. But me, I'm like, okay, okay. I'm, I understand. So I don't like, I can't specify one thing I learned from them. Um, but it's just, I guess, organized, focused, and don't let things on the outside ruin what you're doing on the inside. Mm. And now I mentioned Seb and I mentioned Shane because I just, I know those guys. I've met them for acquaintances at best in terms of my relationship with them. But what are some other guys that you've met, uh, either promoters or wrestlers that you've learned from? Uh, definitely Marco Estrada. Um, he was a guy that I was lucky enough to work with a number of times. And by far, I believe the best wrestler, if not one of the best in uh, Quebec. His style to me, I first seen him in 2017 at a show, and his style to me was intense, crazy. And I said, I'll never be able to work his style. He, he would kill me. A year later, <laughs> me and him in the main event in Ramushi, Quebec. And uh, I did it. And like that from him, I, I, I learned that pace of wrestling, that fast pace that uh, I would use going for years down the road. So with him, I just learned how to be. I learned how to be like in wrestling shape and to be ready and to be fast in that ring and maybe like, and, and take a sweet boot in the head pretty, pretty hard too. Um, I work with, uh, who else? Elgin. That was a complete uh, humbling experience altogether. Let me tell you. So the match, um, you know, early in, I get like almost like, knocked out and I forgot everything anyways. And then I've got even more. <laughs> so most of it you can see is me, you know, you know, I, I watch it back and there's a minute, a minute and a half that I don't remember even doing. And I'm like, Whoa. So, um, I got back and, uh, he told me and stuff and, you know, it was a match that I wasn't ready for mentally because it was like my first intro to like that style and elegant style is, you know, elegant style. So, Mm -hmm. which is great. I love it. It was, again, um, those are guys I want to work the guys with that style that scares the shit out of me that I learned from, right? So uh, with him, it was uh, learn how to just use this more and, and, and not, you know, not be a complete idiot. It's funny when you mentioned, like, afraid to work that style because, like, I moved back to London uh, last August and I started, I'm, one of the reasons was because I wanted to train with Tyson Duke Satisfactory and then we are, we are, doing well and I was losing weight and I was feeling good. And I was like, man, I, I kind of had a, I had a goal and my goal was to work Josh Alexander S show. And I told Tyson this and he's like, Oh, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to die, but at least there'll be like something I can say that I was in the ring with. And, but like the idea is like, I don't just want to be in the ring with him. I want to be in the ring with him and perform well. I mean, like, yeah, of course. Yeah. I know, I know my limitations. I can pro like, Right now, no, no wrestling. But if I trained everything, you know, fuck, I'm not even 
That's stupid talk. Anyways, uh, let's move on from my stupidity and uh, talk. We got two more questions for you because we're wrapping up soon. Uh, our good friend, Bulldog Brendan Hines, my former tag team partner, one half of the main dogs. He wanted me to ask you why you think he is your favorite wrestler. Yeah, no, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. You can tell. What? He still wrestles? Uh, occasionally, <laughs> I know he doesn't re- wrestle his wife. I know he doesn't wrestle his wife that often. So you know, I mean, his yeah. his experience is limited. He's not my favorite wrestler at all. He's my favorite wrestler to shit on, but no one's gonna call him my favorite wrestler ever. What's your favorite? Why is why do you like shit on Brendan so much? Is it because he's just, a- he just been our friendship like since day one? Really, I feel like he, he came out came along in LCW back in the day. Uh, he was Brandon Flip, and at first, we were both quiet. He was quiet. We didn't get lined. And I, I don't know. We just, I think it was just, we just started uh, the insult. It means love. A lot of guys don't take it the right, right way. And me and him, we just, yeah, like we'd be on a road and it'd be like simple as, hey man, fuck you. Or at one point, we were <laughs> Grand Falls, we had a, a towel fight. Me and him were shoot fight, like a shoot fight for fun on the floor in front of everyone. And I think we were fight. it was in front of like Ted DeBassi and stuff. And I was throwing uh, no, I was throwing water at him and stuff too from across the locker room. Yeah, it was again with stories. Me and him, we have endless stories. Like um, he's one of the guys I, I you know, I uh, have a close uh, friendship with, even through all this wrestling nonsense. Um, you know, wrestling will never affect me and my friends, and when it when. It doesn't affect how people see me and talk to me. It really means a lot because, you know, I know how easy it is to believe certain things you want to hear and, you know, how to see uh, people for who they were years ago. But it's cool when people see you and see you're able to, like, look past shit shit that you you, uh, did wrong and still be your friend. So for him, like me and him, we don't talk as much and I'll give him shit online here and there. I'll tell him, fuck off. But it's all out of love, I think. At times he doesn't know that, and which is like why, which is why I get scared, which is like part of the whole this dude is now. Like, I feel like the whole negative uh picture that I've been sort of painted is sort of drawing people away from me. Um, but you know, I'm not a bad dude. Uh, you know, I I have a, a passion for wrestling, not for wrestling bullshit so um <laughs> yeah that was never my strong i was never like i i, I have a i had a cup of coffee in uh wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know <laughs> the whole idea of like talking and like you know um you gotta pay respect where respect is due but the amount of people that you know think that they have should be paid respect is uh is a, f- a long list of people in front of yeah, and Bre- and when I moved to Newfoundland, Brendan, uh, I reached out to Rip Impact, and I was like, "Hey, do you know anyone that I could talk to about wrestling in Newfoundland?" Brendan was the guy. Brendan lived in Bay Roads. He's one of my he's one of my dudes. He's one of my dudes, and I, yeah. I will always cherish his help that I had with that he did for me uh, in terms of wrestling in Newfoundland. Um, so we'll wrap this up. Um, we've buried a lot of people. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance now to uh, bury yourself and tell you and tell me a story of the worst experience you've had in a wrestling ring and why. Okay. Okay. Shit. This is going to be a good one. Cause everyone uh, is shit at the beginning. So bury yourself right now. That way we end oh. on a high note. <laughs> this podcast. Okay. I may remember more, more after this, but I, I have two actually. So this was the same show I met Sailor White, actually. So it's kind of funny. I was a ref, and uh, Don Martini wrestled Loco, and Loco got the upper hand and won. So Don, Don was mad. So ref bum at the end. His finisher was the Dirty Spoon, also known as the Stars Clash. So he picks me up, hooks my arms. One arm wasn't hooked, so I look over towards it like this. As I'm looking like this way, he drops down. I come down my head. Boom. You know, but they thought I was dead. I was fine. I went back. And that was it. Um, but there's that story. And then, have you heard the story about the geese yet? No, I don't think so. 
Okay, I'll be fast. Okay, next story. <laughs> uh, we're in Harbor Breton for LCW is 2013, maybe. I'm probably wrong. Um, I'm wrestling six in Phoenix. Um, so before the match, he's in the back of a nap. My the venue always gives us a meat tray and stuff, and so I found a little gherkin or something and I rubbed it on his lips. You know, like, what the fuck? So we're in the match. Hands me a camo, <laughs> camo clutch spot. You know the spot where you jump down on back once, twice, but the third time, turn over on the nuts, boom. You know. So one, two, on the second time, as he's going to hop in the air, he, he takes out a gherkin out of his boot and jams it in my mouth. Boom. Goes for the spot, which is going into my hot comeback. So, right, so what, is, what is a gherkin? A pickle, a small pickle. Okay. <laughs> So, out. <laughs> so I'm uh, getting ready to do my hot coming back, and I'm thinking, okay, if I spit this out, it's going to look completely stupid, so I had to eat it. So here I am, getting up, hitting the rope, back and forth, eating this pickle the whole time, you know, boom, yeah. and that was it, uh, the musty pickle. Um, and this one was with – I. this is a one that was me and Brandon there, but uh, a few of us, we had a tour of Labrador. A number of years ago at LCW, and um, we got stuck because of the ice, because the uh, ferry didn't, didn't um, go across. So seven of us got stuck, I think, over there in Blanc Blanc, Quebec, and at this creepy ass hotel. So we walk up there, and there's this like duck pond behind there, and then uh, Wheels goes, and it was like geese staring ducks, and Wheels goes, Maybe if it was geese just turned and started looking around at us. With that, they both turned. That does sound like a Matt Wheel, a Wheeler type of thing to say. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I think four was piled into a phone booth, and then the rest was just like ran for the hotel. All right, so <laughs> let. All right, so Wheeler, Matt Wheeler is one of my favorite guys in Newfoundland, um, and he's getting juicy. I like how he's put on that size, man. Um, he's fired up, man. Yeah, he uh, he says, imagine if those geese turn around and chase us and they start chasing you and you guys end up in a phone booth. I love the movie birds. <laughs> <laughs> why is that? Why does that not surprise me? That would be something that happens in professional wrestling. What, oh, yeah. what does that yeah. not surprise me that you would say something that happens and then you're stuck for you in a phone booth. <laughs> cheek <laughs> to cheek, tip to tip. <laughs> as geese attack you um god i think that's a perfect way to end it dylan man i i love you uh i think your passion for wrestling has been uh, paramount in this uh podcast um i cannot wait to get all the angry messages from travis <laughs> or anyone else from the newfoundland scene uh because i know that's gonna happen or not or they're not it's gonna be very passive aggressive but maybe we'll see let's uh Let's end it on a bit of a high note. Uh, I know things are kind of opening up soon. Um, do you have any upcoming dates? Do you have any book shows that you want to talk about? Or, uh... um, as of right now, uh, North Pro Wrestling uh, has their current date set for November 14th. Um, so there's that. I did have ECPW in Cape Breton. Uh, they had a show set for June 19th. Um, so that one, I believe, it will be postpone until probably july so right now i'm just uh take it easy just uh at the gym um i got some stuff in the works uh for later on in the summertime but uh for right now tight lipped until that thing is unconfirmed because you know how wrestling works so um yeah i missed us uh, i missed my so uh you're you're you guys you say you have things on the go where can people find you on social media if they want to find out what these things are down the road okay so instagram is buddy wrestles uh, and also same thing on uh, Twitter, but my I need more followers on Twitter. So if you could just people go to Twitter, buddy wrestles, follow me and say something funny. I'll laugh, I'll respond, and that's how we'll grow together. Yeah, you're not um, gonna get followers from this podcast. It's very new. There, there's no fan following right now. But you know, if we'll I get two, <laughs> if I get two, that's a, a win for me today. <laughs> well, I think we've all won in this conversation today. <laughs> Our uh, moon dog, Dylan Davis. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, and I will talk to you down the road. Take care. Sorry, Travis. Love you.
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Dylan Davis. Again, legit, real cool dude. Uh, great wrestler, too. Um, one of the few guys that I've met in the business of professional wrestling where uh, you uh, you can just tell he is a uh, he's a guy that takes it very seriously and loves doing it at the same time. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Buddy Russell's, Twitter at Buddy Russell's, booking inquiries if you want to get him on your podcast or if you want to book him for a wrestling show. I don't know how many uh, booking uh, wrestling promos are listening to this thing, but uh, BuddyRussell's at gmail.com as well. So stay tuned next week. I know this one was a little bit late coming out, but uh, vacations in Canada. So I'm going to take advantage of that sort of thing. So take care. And until next time, I'll see you guys down the road. Cheers. Cheers.